He claims he doesn't have any friends, but he would like to talk about stuff. He claims he knows some cool people and would just love to talk about stuff. He says he'll grab a cigar and a drink and hopefully strike up a conversation and make a new friend. This episode is brought to you by John's Lonely Podcast that can be found on Spotify and Apple. Go hang out with him and see what kind of friends he makes. Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events, we conduct interviews, and good old-fashioned shit-talking. Our hosts, Bill, Anthony, and Delvin, will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown. In this episode, we chop it up with a true whiskey trailblazer, Ebony Major, the industry's first African-American blender. She lets us know some of the challenges she's faced as a triple minority, drops some technical knowledge for the bourbon nerds, and lets us know what's next now that she's moved on from Bullet. Okay, pour one up and rock with us. Let's get it. Welcome to the Black and Brown Podcast. I am A. Colbert. I am joined by Dub H. Stevens. What's going on, cousin? Good What's to see up, you. Yes, and, and our guy, extraordinaire, uh, Devin Joyce, the People's Choice. What's the deal, fam? What's up, man? Extraordinaire. I like that. Extraordinaire. <laughs> I, I like the sound of that. Yo, for real. <laughs> and joining us via the telephone on the mobile is Major and Whiskey on Instagram, Ebony Majors. What's happening, Ebony? Hi, how are you guys? Oh, we, oh come on. You uh, got to give us a little bit more. Come than that. on, like, man. Hi. Where's that energy? Yes. I'm, I'm heading to the spa. <laughs> that's, that's how I am all the time. I'm super low-key. No, 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 no. You know what? No, don't play me. I want that energy you had in Mexico. Give me that energy oh, right yeah. there. Yeah. Give me, give me that. Dude, hey, you like, had a ball down in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, them highlights was, was fire. Super, it was super fun. My cousin and I, who used to vacation a lot as a kid together, uh-huh. we were both like in the busy season. She's in grad school. I'm working. So we both were literally working on the beach the whole time, but balancing partying and fun. So, I saw, I mean, I saw work, like 20% so. work, 80% pool party, 80% dancing, 80%, yo, yes. fire so, here. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we literally was like... Wake up because I'm an early bird. So we would get up about seven, go eat breakfast, and be at the pool and be in the water all day. Like nice. there was literally nothing else to do besides eat, drink, and be merry. Now I have a question though. So since you were in Mexico, Mexico, say it, Mexico, Mexico, uh, you drank tequila instead of bourbon down there. Sure, I've been on a tequila kick for a long time. Anyway, oh, oh I like wow. it. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, okay. That's dope. Yeah. So what was your favorite so, down there? I would, oh. I drank so much. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, was, that was a you holiday. Hey, man, that's, yeah, that's a vacation there. For real. You can't remember I what did, you had. I literally, I was, it was margaritas, and then, like, towards the end of the vacation, it was, like, mudslides and Irish coffee. Wow. <laughs> so it devolved, is yeah. what you said. <laughs> not not yeah. evolved, evolved, it devolved. I was just doing whatever. <laughs> so I was, um, I didn't do a tequila tasting, because I don't have, like, an appreciation yet for tequila on its own. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I will take it with some lime juice or Sprite um, or in a drink. But we just, we had a lot of fun. Cool. Fun. Nice. That's dope. real dope. That is super dope. So, yo, Ebony, you know how we run the show. Like, we get the three questions out of the way. We like to um, ask our guests, you know, what was that one thing that got you to fall in love with the brown? Yeah, and I don't remember. Well, that's um, cool. Though. I mean, you've been in the game a minute, so, I mean, you know. Yeah, well, yeah well. I was thinking about it. I was like, I literally was just a little... 24-year-old. Um, so only you only been drinking bourbon two years? <laughs> My man. Stop. Stop. My man. Yeah, Delvin, boy. Oh, cool. Dusty 30 over here. Dusty, Dusty 30. Man, what? 30 is a, is this Girl, you got about 20. 50 more summers. For real. <laughs> what? I know, man. <laughs> Hey, can I borrow some summers from you? Let <laughs> <laughs> me hold a couple of them summers. Two or three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Go ahead and give me some of them summers. <laughs> No, so I started this, like, super long ago, and I always tell people, like, before starting bourbon, I preferred rum, mm-hmm. just okay. it has more flavor, but rum does also have a lot of bourbon influence, because once those bourbon barrels are finished, they are going to rum distilleries, so I was like, okay, maybe there was always this appreciation, and now, if I have a cocktail, I feel like there's nothing that stands in a cocktail well, um, as well as a bourbon would, so... Right. Um, Jack Honey was kind of like my first whiskey, and I'll still drink that to this day. Damn! Yeah, the People's Choice. That was his first, the first love you too. And I, you and I have that in common. Yeah. So yeah, I will still drink that to this day. It was funny. I was just talking to their rent office. Like he's like, you got any Jack Honey? I was like, no, that ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Honey. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Co- correct me if I'm wrong, but that's out of Tennessee, right? 
Uh, yeah. yeah, it's Jack. Yeah, okay. but and and by the way, I mean Ebony, got good on you that you can still drink it. I can't. Or, I can't even what? look at it yeah. anymore. And yeah, the first time I met you, you you were talking about Jack Honey, and I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, your taste buds hey, have grown. Listen, up. <laughs> listen. When you know better, you do better. better. Yes, sir. No. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. When you look, if I'm trying to have a good time. <laughs> Jack Honey is what I drink. Okay. If you're trying to have like, a good time, this is breaking news. I mean, this is. Dun, dun, dun. I'm just telling you, this is a big deal because why? Because you it's are perfect. a master because, blender. Yeah, yeah. Right. you have this amazing That's palette. Yeah. Right, you have your name on a bottle, and you drink Jack Honey when you want to have a thriller. For a thriller. That's the problem. Is that people feel that because you enjoy higher bourbons and you have a palate that having a flavor whiskey is a bad thing. It's not. I appreciate good flavorings. Mm. I, there are other people who have had honey products. The reason that I like Jack honey is because it's honey, but it's also smoky and woody. Doesn't just taste like a flavored whiskey to me. I've had honey crown and didn't like that. The same I would like a Jack honey. So, wow. Um, I, I do, it, there is a stigma that once you're this enthusiast or elevated palate that you can't appreciate other things. And I just, I think it's BS, but. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, that kind of, yeah, when she said Bars. that, it, it kinda, yeah, <laughs> I was kind of paying attention to what she was saying. And it makes sense because when your palate is, dare I say, refined like that, mm-hmm. I mean, you might enjoy that a little bit more. Word. Pick out those, watch this, Delvin, those nuances. Mm-hmm. Oh, not nuances. Yeah, nuances. In the spirit. Not I too mean, matriculating over there. Captain Gowns. Boy, they're giving away Captain Gowns. Hey, man. It's wonderful. And then, too, when I'm drinking, I don't. Sometimes I have to force myself to relax. I'm not saying I downplay my drinking experience, but like today I was in the liquor store looking for something and I'm just over critical and super picky yeah. when it comes to bourbons. And sometimes you just don't want to be critiquing what's in your glass. Right, right, right. You just, just want like, to enjoy it. You just want to enjoy it and have a good yes. time. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. That's and, that, and that for Ebony Majors is Jack Honey. Yes, sir. Who <laughs> <laughs> knew? Now you're about to have my inbox going. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope, though. Well, that's dope. I can't believe you said that. No, no, no. That's that's fire. You know, but people like like we try to say. Um, you can't really tell people what they're nosing or what they get on their palate right. when they're drinking it's, a spirit. That's, yeah. that's theirs, right? It's, that, it's theirs. So, yeah, the like fact that she digs that Jack Honey, that's hers. You that's hers. I mean? yeah. 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 No doubt. Yeah, cool. That's, that's fine. I can't wait to have a Jack Honey pour with her and a Glen Cairn. Like, can you, <laughs> can you drink black Jack Honey in a Glen? <laughs> this is like smacking out your head. <laughs> in a Glen, wow, okay. Yeah, you put all the not ice in that you want. Here. You cannot do it in a Glen. Yeah, not in a Glen. Please don't disrespect the glass like that. <laughs> Maybe a plastic cup. That's a plastic cup right there. Word. All day. Yes, oh, that's all funny. day. So, so Ebbs, the second question, I'm sorry, Ebony, Ebbs, wow, man, man. I just, I just boy, Cardinal yeah, said, just boy, short, got, got familiar, yeah, allow me to apologize, yeah, I got familiar real quick, I appreciate I got it, wow, that, that's terrible, because I have a joke of like, people always, always shorten your name, right, giving me the nickname, Ebbs, oh, I like, hate it, calls me that, yeah, my bad, my bad, well, well, in fair, my, my wife's name is Ebony too, oh, except she spells it with a Y, uh oh, and people call her Ebbs. Do they? Yeah, you. I heard you call her Ebbs. Where? I said Ebbs before? Yeah, well, I shortened your wife's name too, though. Yeah, you do. Show my <laughs> Yeah, you call her Ro. <laughs> Sigma Gamma Ro. <laughs> Y'all are stupid. So, so the, second, the second question, you know, being in the industry, are there any specific bottles you're hunting right now? Um, no. <laughs> I'm trying to create a collection of um, some more blenders select. I only have like two bottles in my collection, so... I've been looking for that, but also something, um, not anything truly specific, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen any exciting releases. And granted, I don't follow follow the Spirits Business, like .com and PR News as much as I used to, but right, right. Um, I haven't really seen anything exciting. Is there anything you guys have seen that's about to come out that has your eye? Well, it's funny you ask us that. I mm. mean, I think there was just a release that came out by... 
TSR in black and brown, like uh, a single yeah. barrel pick from Bainbridge, you yeah. know, like Ichiro. It 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 Ichiro. And it, it from fire. what I heard from people who bought it, it was fire. Yeah. You know, so yeah. You gotta tell me how I can get that. Uh, we might be able to. Uh, Membership has its privilege. Yeah, you need to, to sign uh, up on TSR's website, yeah. and um, you know they're they're going okay. fast. So. But People's Choice got like seven of them, so he'll probably I, get. I, one I did just order two <laughs> two more bottles this week. <laughs> did you really? I yeah, did. yeah, you should. So so Ebony, I'm I am. Tell me more about this barrel pick. Oh, okay. Who who's gonna do that? Go ahead, Anthony. Well, I mean, I'll give her a piece. I mean, it, it's from a hundred percent white wheat, yeah. organic wheat. Or, or, organic. Sorry, oh. it's, a whole, it's a whole organic process. That yeah. chalky white. Yeah, yeah that chalky <laughs> white. <laughs> Dub, Dub H, would you like to tell her the proof? Yeah, the proof comes in at a, a stout one thirty three point one proof. Yes. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's stout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't drink that way. It does not drink that it way. It does not drink that, that high of a proof. It's really good. I mean, but it's a wheat at bourbon, so yeah. it's hard. No, 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 no. Wheat whiskey. It's actually yeah, it's a wheat whiskey. It's 100%, 100% wheat. wheat. Yeah, 100% wheat. Yeah, it's, um, oh, okay. yeah. Uh, Keith Barnes out on the West West is doing some very nice things. Yeah, very nice. With his process. Yeah. It's, it's really dope. So I can't believe you don't have, I mean, so your bottle, the Blender Select, which I think that's how we discovered you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I hate to say we discovered you. It's how we were introduced to you. Yeah, right. Exactly. You came to our radar. You came on our radar. Because you were already on the map. Like, it's like Christopher Columbus. Oh, I discovered America. Uh, it was I mean, already here. <laughs> there were people already here. <laughs> so oh, you Chris, were already in existence. Oh, Chris didn't find that? <laughs> nah, mm. bro. <laughs> so, so, but that's what put us put you on our radar because I picked up a bottle of that at Westport Whiskey, Whiskey. and Wine in Louisville. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I did some research on it, I found out that you did the blending on it. And so I was like, yo, a sister in bourbon, blah, blah, blah. And I came back and we were just so hyped. Yeah, so, yeah. so you only have two bottles left? I have two in my personal collection. I have to find more. But I have honestly, since I left Diageo in June, I was like, I should purchase a bottle of everything that I blended in my collection just to have for myself. Because... Right. A lot of people only knew me as Bullet, but I was also blending George Dickel, which is Tennessee whiskey, um, working with like Blade and Bow, Seven Crown, all okay. of those U.S. bourbons. So I really have this expertise across American whiskey as a whole. So, um, like, it's when I go in the liquor stores, I'm always looking for like this variation of rye, and that's something I haven't seen. Sorry, an exciting new rye. Mm. Something I haven't seen um, recently. I almost picked up the basil Hayden toast today, but I didn't. Sorry, I got really distracted. My ADD kicked in. All right, so so you've blended Kentucky and Tennessee bourbon, and Tennessee and Indiana, and yep. Indiana. All right, so so who who's who's number one? Um. I can't believe you asked me that. Well, you know, we, you know, we always ask tough questions. Yeah, we, we, put, we put people on the spot here. They call me Phil Darker, Hugh. <laughs> Look, I'll say this. People are probably going to like, hate me for saying this. Kentucky liquid feels more pure to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. okay. I like it. It's everything at the heart. It may just be because my heart is there. Tennessee whiskey, I love it, but it's soft and it's mellow and it's, its taste kind of lingers throughout cocktails. It kind of, if you decide to put George Dickel in a cocktail, you're going to know it's George Dickel because of how it tastes. Oh, and, you definitely go now. Um, yeah. Don't and so, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, um, I would say definitely Kentucky is kind of first. Indiana just has a stigma of not being Kentucky. The liquid is only slightly lighter. Mm. But it would definitely be a Kentucky, Indiana, and then Tennessee. Oh, okay. okay. All right. I like that. I like it. Because that's, wow. that's how I would probably rank them too oh yeah. really that's personally how you rank them. Personal. that's that's how i i mean my with my refined palate yeah because i mean it is so refined <laughs> I mean, need to have it certified dog <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> all right last one last question ebony so you you know our thing you listen to black and brown you know we say bourbon has a nose it has a palate and so we also believe it has an ear Right, so we believe that bourbon sounds like something when you're drinking it. So, what would you say your your bullet blender select sounds like on the ear? Oh, yeah, I remember this question. I think the first time I was like Big Sean and Solange. That's right. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, like 
big shine just puts you in a mood where you just want more. And I guarantee you, when I was making Blender Select, I was mostly listening to him. Oh, wow. Um, or Solange, her album, Seat at the Table. Working in a facility where you're the only black person, it just was, it was difficult. So right. oh, it kind of kept me plugged in and I never really used to be big into music until I took that job. I just had to find a way to kind of escape everybody else. So I stayed plugged in and that's when the ideas started flowing and I would just go in on the weekends and blend and listen to music. So. Wow. So did you play that on like a loudspeaker or was it in your your, your AirPods? <laughs> so it, on the, in the everyday, it would be on the AirPods. Uh, okay. I would love to go in on the weekends and do my blending because nobody was there interrupting me. Even if you have the AirPods, you got to take it out every two minutes when somebody decides they got an idea. Right, right, right. People don't get that. Yeah, I was wondering if, if that Big Sean was playing while you was blending and kind of had that beat coming into your... Into your blending process. Big Sean is dope, though. Yeah, exactly. So, also, too, I don't like... My manager at the time, he would blend with me in the room. I don't like blending in the room with anybody else. My concentration skills, um, I would always go in. Because he would work weekends, too, but it would be, would be Saturday. I would always go in on a Sunday morning when nobody was there. Wow. Blend, because you're spending hours and hours on Excel creating this formula... I mean, days, you spend weeks trying to get to your first formula because there's so much math to calculation. Wow. And if you're in there and you're pipetting, you're sucking bourbon out of this glass pipette and having to measure with your eye 0.8 milliliters of this barrel, that's how minuscule my job is. When we're creating a blend, we're only making like 50 mils total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in there looking at a sheet that has percentages and bottle numbers that represent your barrels. And you're literally, you have to focus because it's happened to me before. You pick up the wrong bottle and you put that amount in and you're like, damn, you have no other choice but to start over because it's a blend. The point, the formula has to be correct. So I would like to really just tune out as much as possible. And that's why most of like my blending happened on the weekends when nobody was there. So did you ever run into like when you're pipetting like that and putting those milliliters together, like have a mistake that kind of turned out in you guys' favor? Or would you just not even start check over. it? Just start from scratch? A mistake that worked out in your favor is I would say impossible because okay. Damn. be able to gauge that mistake. Like I can't so when I created Blender Select, I did whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. I found the barrels um, and just created something. But for a brand that's already out and established, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You have to work within the parameters. So you have to figure that formula out in Excel because if you just go and create something based off flavor, it may not calculate out and work. So, um, yeah, it's a whole lot of shit. Is like, that right? exact? I mean, yeah, because... Yes. Yes. So, yes. yeah, I have to explain offline because, like, the company I work for now, we calibrate those pipettes. So, it's an exact science of measurement. Wow. I told you this before. Okay. So, you're my, literally my, with your eye looking yeah. at the, what is the discus, and you're trying to see, like, oh, my formula is only getting me to um, 50 mils, and I'm going to use in formulas. We have like 2% of the formula comes from this specific lot, and you're trying to um, replicate that in a. Um, bench top form before you approve those formulas and we have to go through it over and over until you get it perfect because you're going to use those formulas and then upscale to do the mass bottom yep. right yep yeah every that is so that I, mean, oh, I don't even i don't you know, even I could, know i could geek out right Bro, now yeah, I, I, do. I, I have no out. idea what you just said me but either. I, I think it's hard yeah. to explain. so let me yeah. let me give you a visual so remember when we went to four roses and brent took us into the lab where the guy was testing all the batches yeah with the beaker blast uh, yeah so those little things he had blast. the little thing he had that looked like syringes on steroids those are pipettes Dude, so it gives you a calibrated milliliter when you push it out. So that's what she's talking about. She did that by eye. To I was, day, I was daydreaming, bro. I, I'm sorry I to follow that. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I, I feel what she's telling us right now because that's just fire. To but me. I, but I did just have a great idea for for a sequel. Uh, to a movie called Hidden Figures. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we go to it's gonna be Hidden Figures starring Ebony Major going in, blah blah blah. Yeah. So I think we can make that work. Yeah. <laughs> it's I the same thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah, math, exactly. except you're not putting somebody on the moon. That's dope. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're, you're, you are kinda. You're kinda. Yeah. yeah. Facts. Yeah. Yes. I'm. I look. I'm hoping to get to that point in my career 
where people see me in a light um, of just really just doing more for inclusion and diversity in the industry. Cool. Um, you know, the juice is the juice. Sometimes I think we focus too much on the brands, and my heart is at the liquid. So that's what I always love to talk about. That's awesome. Cool. That's dope. You know, for um for those of us who don't know who you are, uh, can you kind of like you know walk us through your journey in bourbon and how you got into the into the um into the uh, industry? Yes. So in 2015, I was in Oregon working at Kettle Chips. Um, my grandmother's birthday is tomorrow. It's our first birthday without her. Oh, oh man, sorry um, for that. But she's actually the reason I took that job. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I was in Oregon working um, and was getting offered a full-time role working at Kettle Chips. Um, but my grandmother had got sick, and I was like, no, I can't be across the other side of the world. So I was really on Indeed.com. You guys are getting, like, the the real scoop. I was on Indeed.com. Okay. And um, didn't know if I wanted to go back to grad school. Grad school was the easy decision. I was halfway done with my thesis. It just was something that was going to be easy to do. Um, but then I found this blended internship role and really did my research into what it was and what it required. I, had I not, I probably wouldn't have landed the job. Okay. Um, so I started off in October of 2015 as a blending intern on a one-year contract um, as a blending intern. I was only supposed to be there for one year. About six months in, I started bugging my boss um, about getting hired on full-time. Right. And nine months in, um, so September 2016, Diageo hired me full-time, and my career just kind of took off from there. I um, love challenges, so I would sign up to do everything from Bottling facility, warehouse experiments, um, quality management, marketing, uh, the tour center. I was just doing everything and working with um, Nicole Austin to help her bring the George Diggle portfolio up to speed. So I started at 24 and here at 30, I'm still here. I never imagined that I would still be in this industry. Um, I, I know people might expect this story to say oh I always knew I wanted to do this I didn't I really wow. didn't I just got there and fell in love with it wow. like that was simply it I got there and was like there's no way I can leave this there's wow. literally no way I can leave this and even today everything I've been through with corporate America and everything I, there's still no way I can leave it I still it just it's just I don't know I feel like I was meant to do it um and so I'm excited that it all worked out the way it did so what what is, I mean so I mean if you want to share um so what was it about your grandmother wanted you to take the internship I mean you know was it something that she had a feeling about or my grandmother just was with whatever I wanted to do uh-huh. um when I left because, you know, sometimes, you know, those, you know, your your elders have that, you know, that, you know, that that feeling sometimes about, you know, yeah. they always see things in you that you can't see for yourself. So I didn't know if there was something that she saw in you that you know, made you want to, you know, go in that direction. She told me one thing. I can't I may not get it right. She said something like you. You left with the wind and came back like a storm. Oh, dang. Well, OK. okay. Yeah. That's bars. Bars. Grandma I got bars. Video. I was, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> grandma was real as shit. Like my grandma's favorite TV show was Bad Girls Club. Like we, that's that's kind oh. of oh. grandma I had. She was eighty eight, but she still knew how to keep up with us. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So she was, but she she never scared away from telling me how much her heart was broken and how much she worried the day I went to Oregon and. Mm up until, you know, a few months before her passing, she would still bring that up because um, another blessing, and I'm going to say it because her birthday is tomorrow. And Go ahead, please express. Um, this honors her. Um, I was going through the roughest time of my life in Louisville. Okay. During the summer of 2020, living in Louisville felt like a war zone. Wow. Helicopters over tonight. It, you know, you're just there, and something told me to come home. So, um, and it's whenever things aren't that great with my grandmother, whenever her health isn't right, I come closer to home. Um, and so in August of 2020, I told my manager, like, look, we have been out of the lab. 
and um, during the pandemic. So our blending season is typically March to June. So in the heart of the pandemic, I didn't have the option to be safe. I still had to go in and get formula done, hmm. no matter what. So in August, I told him, look, I've risked everything coming in, doing these formulas in August. I'm going to go home and work from there temporarily, take some vacation days, and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I never went back to Louisville. Um, for some other reasons, but I, I'm thankful that I came home last August and got to spend the last three months of her life because she left us on New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm just really grateful that I continue to follow my heart and God whenever he tells me to do something because it always works out. Yeah, right. Out. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. That's T- really take cool. me back so to the... My grandma is everything for me. Everything. She's my best friend. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great story. You, I I was stuck on the kettle chips for a minute. Cause yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I'm a big fan yeah. On the kettle yeah. chips. What? I thought and, you were going to say food. And if, bro, you, and if you worked on the salt and vinegar, then I just got to give you, <laughs> I got to give you your, I your flowers. I don't any of the flavors that the lady who created the pepperoncini flavor. Oh, yeah. Um, those are those are fire. Oh, my goodness. They had some amazing, and I think that really, kettle had a lot to do with how successful I was at Bullet. When I had an internship at Kettle, I was just a food safety and food quality intern. I was only there to like really be responsible for removing removing like um, any coloring from just making everything more non-GMO. Um, but I decided to go work on the plant for a, a lot. And when I was invited to innovation meetings, my manager would be like, "Why aren't you speaking up? Why aren't you giving ideas?" And I was like, what? This lady still, I'm in Oregon, the only black person working here, and she want my ideas? Unfortunately, I was too, I was too meek to say it there. But when I got the bullet, I was like, oh, no, y'all don't hear me. (laughs) 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 You're going to get this advice. You're going to get this. And I really am grateful for Kettle and that young group and innovative people for, you know, sparking that curiosity in me. Um, because even though I wasn't confident enough to exert it at that job, it carried on with me and it opened up so many doors, just being confident in who you are and your ideas and what you bring to the table. I, I love that. And so when you, when you left them, then with this confidence, went to bullet, like I, I know you still probably have some challenges, right? So, so yeah. what were some of those challenges like in a male dominated industry, not a lot of people that look like you and you're also a millennial. Like, there's like, oh, dagger, dagger, dagger. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, like, I always joke, it's a triple minority. I would go to Bardstown, sit in meetings, I was the only person under 30, the only female, and the only black person. I'm literally sitting in rooms full of older white men. If there is nothing else more intimidating than that... (laughs) Add on the layer that we're not just talking about the bourbon or the brand in general, where most black women sit, which is on the consumer facing end or the administrative end. We're talking KPIs, distillery production, efficiency, science, chemistry. We're discussing those hard things. And you telling me I'm supposed to listen to this 20 some year old black girl who tell me. I need to clean my distillery more because she smelled burnt grain in a right. sample. Yeah. Oh, Mm-mm. wow. Mm-mm. Shots fired. Get them. So, so it's just like the obstacles were always there, but you just have to stand firm in who you are. Really. Like They're going to underestimate you. Even in what I'm doing in my career now, I know that people don't think it's going to be possible, but you just have to keep fighting. There, There's nobody you have anything to prove to besides yourself. Great segue. So are, you, are so, you are you at a point where you like to share what's going on now? That may be a little ahead of the game right now, but um, we're no, really curious. of course not. Okay. Of course not. Um, I tell people I'm a food scientist first. And you have to understand, like food scientists, when we're in development stages, we're used to you know being under strict NDAs and not talking about our product for a year or two before it comes out. Right. Okay. Um, right now, I'm really busy on just building a network of people and I am working on a lot of different consulting projects 
one thing I learned um, with Bullet and working for Diageo, because even though I worked on multiple brands, people don't know that. So I'm really careful about um, being stuck with one brand moving forward. And so I'm just really trying to expand and help smaller distilleries and smaller brands get a foot into the industry and transfer some of my knowledge via consulting because I want everybody to kind of be able to get in this. Um, and I feel like consulting and working with smaller companies is the way for me. That's cool. You kind of touched on this a little bit. So, I mean, what is it? I mean, so what is a food scientist? I mean, you know, you, you know, you're the first, you know, food scientist that we've ever you know, had on the show. So, I mean, can you kind of go into a little... Well, you haven't had my cooking yet. I have not had yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but I've smelt your broccoli and, <laughs> and uh, bacon. bacon. Ooh, yeah, yes. Fire. Brussels sprouts. Uh, Brussels yeah. sprouts. Right? Now, that yeah. ain't science. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's just only, that's just it's only like a lab to me. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, food scientist is basically the only person keeping you guys safe and healthy at the grocery store. Oh, facts. I like it. Um, we are not only innovating products like Pop-Tarts or the, the one of the team members who is responsible for the spicy chicken sandwich went to Alabama A&M where I went as well. So we're creating innovative products, but we're also responsible for testing meat inspections, safety, quality, your expiration date. Um, when you decide to hire a trainer or a nutritionist and they tell you your macros and micros and whatever you need to eat, the only way that they know that information is because the food scientist has taken that chicken and tested the carbs, tested the protein. Like those are actual experiments that have to be conducted and and weighed and calculated before you can just create a nutrition label. So we're creating nutrition labels uh, so that you can guide your, your daily diet. So food scientists are really doing everything and people um, don't really know about it. And it's no. really for me, right. I, I love to cook, but I didn't feel like I had that super creative gene to expand on that. So I went into food science and I'm like, people got to eat forever. Exactly. So I know. Yeah. And so in food sciences, you can be a chemist, a microbiologist, you can work for the government, you can do engineering. Uh, you know, one of the exciting inventions from a food scientist is like extrusion, being able to create cereal and oh, wow. that equipment and machinery that is required to puff up grains and, and push it out in these small circles. So, blue sciences, we do everything. We're, we're wow. super geeks. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm blessed. laughs> so, is that yeah. something that you studied in school or is that something that, you know, you kind of picked up on, you know, after graduation? I mean, because you went to HBCU. Am I correct? Yeah. So, yeah. there's only two HBCUs. The school I went to, Alabama a University in Huntsville, okay. Alabama, for a long time was the only accredited food science program, but now Tuskegee is also accredited um okay. don't call me on that Tuskegee don't come from my head if I'm wrong <laughs> but um you know damn play look so yeah it's, it's rare to have so there are only two programs in the nation and both are in Alabama HBCU that right. have this accredited program and you know you think of like yeah it's, it's amazing it's amazing I love food science um I want more African Americans in it um especially from an engineering point of view, you know, creating these pieces of equipment and running these facilities. Um, there's just a lot of work out there. So. That's, that's dope. That's dope. So when you, when you, when you talk about blending, like, like break it, break it down for me. Like, yeah. so, cause I'm, I'm just so curious about it. So is it like you just got a bunch of barrels and you're just experimenting all day and it's just, yeah, so what are you looking for when you're yeah, doing it? Yeah, exactly. Like what's the most important <laughs> consideration for you? Most important consideration is flavor. Mm. Blending is a lot of different things. The way that I was taught and trained to blend, we are appraising liquid before it goes in the barrel, telling the distiller, hey, we're tracking the production, making adjustments to the distillery if needed, changing set temperatures and, and dropping points and how many days you ferment based on how I smell the liquid when it's clear. So that's what we're doing on an everyday basis. And then you're taking a representative sample of your barrel every year and seeing how it's aging. You give it notes. 
what you're really looking for is um, I can't give y'all all my secrets, though. <laughs> <laughs> just one, just one more. Um, yeah, man, some of those are trademark, huh? You're looking, you're looking for certain notes. I'll just say that you're looking for certain notes. Okay. And the intensity of those notes, and how those notes marry with one another, because we've seen one barrel plus or minus one to five percent can change your whole blend. You can add in one percent more of something and that interaction of those chemicals can take a blend from fruity and woody to woody and musty. Uh, it's crazy. Wow. And it's crazy. that exact. That exact. Wow. Like so, you're playing with literal decimals when you're doing formulas. The wow. easiest formulas I've had were like uh, maybe Tennessee whiskey because they only had one or two mash bills. When you get into Kentucky bourbon, each mash bill is a whole monster in itself. Wow. It's one mash bill has a certain flavor profile. That mash bill in that certain barrel, because there's several barrel types. Do you guys know about barrel types? You know what? You know what? Well, How about this? Put us on game. Yeah, put us on game. Because you know what? <laughs> I mean, maybe. No, I, we know about it, of a little course, because we have a podcast. But for our listeners. Yeah, no. I don't even front. I don't <laughs> know about it. Yeah, no, me. no. There's no, lot, talk to there's us. There's a lot of nuances. So when you have a mass bill, you know, so I work for Bullet. We have two mass bills, five different yeasts. So two mass bills and five yeasts technically equal 10 distillates. Oh. Each distillate has an ideal flavor. For each distillate at each age, you expect, okay, this mash bill at one-year-old should look like this, at four-year-old should look like this, at this second mash bill. Like, that's how much memory a blender has to know. I have to know that this mash bill code it has a four-letter code. A, B, C, D is supposed to taste like strawberry. Huh. Or B, C, D is supposed to taste like jackfruit. Like, that's the, the Rolodex of information a blender has to keep as they're smelling samples. Oh, this is this Nashville of this year. I know it should be. If I look at a, a three-year-old rye, I would expect it to be slightly woody, slightly citrusy, maybe a hint of pepper, but it's still going to look young. Mm. By age I expect it to be a little bit more matured in the wood and breed more pepper before citrus. It's literally, it's, there's, there's no way. And potty trained. Train <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You got to make the cut. And that's why I went in blending. So when you have a, um, what we used to call a survey, um, you have like 50 to 60 quality codes. Like, uh, it's a scale one to whatever you can create what kind of scale you want. I work on now um, a five point scale, and then you have like one through five. One is bad, five is spectacular, but then after that five, it could be five, but it's mostly fruity or it's mostly vitamin. You call out those things. So it's a blending. Like I really want people to understand, you can't just wake up and become a blender. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Tell them how you get your flowers. So I want to get I want to get nerdy <laughs> a little bit more. Just, just a little bit nerdy. Talk can't, nerdy. Can't just me. wake up. Yeah. And do so this um, job. so I um, I heard an interview with you and you were going into and this just mesmerized me. I mean, I was listening to this. You were going into the the yeast strands and how important that is to bourbon and to blending that kind of stuff. So can you go into that a little bit, please? Yes. Yeah, so this is just my opinion. Don't y'all kill me. Yeast. <laughs> equals flavor yeast equals flavor yes I come from a brand that hyped up yeast but in my meetings and discoveries and connections with the company that was supplying our yeast I realized that you literally scientifically can choose a yeast for the flavor profile you want Okay. if you want something more strawberry they can find you different yeast profiles that will yield you that yield like yeast. Sorry, I get so geeked out about yeast. I did. I mean, because because I heard you talk about it, man. I was like, wow, it, it, it just blew my mind. So microbiology was always my favorite. I was always a huge quality, safety microbiology person. I just didn't know I was going to use that, combine it with sensory, and have the job of my dreams. So you're basically doing quality from a sensory point of view. But the yeast is really where you create your flavor. So if you think about the distillation and 
the, the making process. You mix your, your grains and you cook them. And yes, they have flavor. But when you add that yeast, that yeast is when that flavor just transforms. You can go and smell a fermenter from day one to day two, day three, day four. I'm not going to tell y'all what note I'm looking for, but I know exactly when I put my hand over that fermenter, what I want it to smell like before it distilled. Wow. If I walk by that fermenter and I smell something certain, I can tell you if that fermenter is younger or older than the optimum because I know what it smells like right before it's ready. And I know what it smells like when you let the fermenter go a little bit too long and we're not going to get the flavor we need. When you take that and then distill it, you're just concentrating whatever flavor is there. If you did not make flavor in that fermentation, you are not going to get flavor in the distillation because the distillation is only stripping flavor. It is only heating it up to a vapor and bringing it down. So if you didn't really concentrate your effort in that fermentation, might as well be just making vodka. Wow. <laughs> and we all know vodka sucks. No, that doesn't suck, but we don't drink it. But no, I'm, let me not say might as well be making vodka. But just yeast is super important, and right. um, you know the science of it is important. You know, but also the flavor component aspect, what it can do. And I think um, what you see is these facilities are using age old yeast. I'm pretty sure majority of, it, of these facilities are using yeast from, you know, just a library of old, old recipes and, and wow. old styles. So, Shots fired. yeah, I love yeast is my favorite part of the whole thing. And do you and do you prefer sweet mash or sour mash? So I don't get into that. The reason is because once you're distilling and you're distilling consistently, you're only getting one mash. Mm. Um, mm. You're just getting sour mash. So I, I, would, I guess I would say sour. Give me the back bit. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, so as I'm hearing you talk about all these notes that you get, I feel right, right now, and you, <laughs> the plug is getting it in over here. I'm getting it in, player. But you, you are a professional, right? Thanks. And so the thing that we see in this bourbon game is everybody, you know, tastes a bourbon. They get, you know, friggin'. Caramel, popcorn, jack in the cr- mm. jack in the box, <laughs> all kinds of circus peanuts, <laughs> circus peanuts, all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> so, so like for you, when you taste a bourbon, like how, like, do you ever call BS on somebody's tasting note, or do Ooh. you, or do you just kind of roll with it? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. guys, she's trying to figure out how to phrase this joint. <laughs> Whatever lens God has given you to see the world, that's how you see it. Ooh, okay, uh-huh. but you but you're a professional though. I like you know what I'm saying. I like the you're, no, 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 you're a professional. <laughs> like you just but gave me all this scientific you, stuff. Listen, Don't talk to me. People are usually very underwhelmed by my explanation of a whiskey. I am objective. I am not looking for. I think whiskey reviewers look for romance. I am looking for. Can I sustain my brand? Can I keep my consumers coming to get another bottle? I can't do that trying to pick out caramel popcorn. I got to look at (laughs) what's my my level of, I got to look at like some main characteristics. Woody, fruity, um, maybe vanilla, caramel, and some some odd. You have to look at, of all those notes, what's the intensity? And how do you group? It's about grouping barrels. It's about getting looking literally at every individual lot if it was distilled on a different day or put in a different set of barrels it's about trying to get consistency so when people say all these notes I'm like oh that makes my heart feel so good that you found and saw something that I did not see oh okay he's giving you a different lens but I will tell you when I created Bullet Blender Select I looked at a row of samples and I was like, I'm going to wait for whatever found my eye. I'm going to just wait. The one thing that found my eye, I told one person, that was my manager, what that um, note was. And it was given a quality 3X. And 3X meant, like, good, slightly different. Right. And when I looked at that barrel, I was like, why does it smell like a minty apple? Mm. Like, what's up with that? 
And so what I did was finding that, and I was like, oh, this is it. I want to, and this is how, when you say how, like, meticulous blending in, I was like, this is it. This is the one. I went, spent weeks on Excel. The quantity of that barrel lot I had, I could only use it up to 30% of the blend. So, because if I'm trying to make 7,000 cases and I only have a few hundred of this barrel, that's the max I can use it in that formula. Oh, wow. So, what I had to do was then go find accompanying flavors, like what complemented this, what brought something else out. I went, you know, a few different directions. I went heavy in wood flavor. I went heavy and sweet flavor and then I found something in the middle. We got the, the spicy and fruity flavor and, and caramel in the middle. But when I finally saw Fred Minnick's review and he pointed out Spearmint, I was like Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like finally somebody That's else it. saw it. Yeah. Oh, and I wow. sent him an email quickly after that and was like, I cannot believe you were able to pick out this note that was the reason that I chose that barrel to start the blend. So that was like super spectacular to know that somebody else, because, you know, our palettes are different. We're not going to always see the same thing. And I think once we start to realize that, we can appreciate the liquid for what it is. My taste buds aren't going to be like your taste buds. What I ate today, and as a blender, I restrict what I eat when I'm working. What I ate today and yesterday is going to impact how this this tastes in me. So, we can't really judge each other's, you know, no, tasting notes because of that. I think, you know, we just got to be more open-minded about the whole bourbon thing. Oh, Wor- worst thing to eat before you taste bourbon? Worst thing to... Eat or drink? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> my, my manager, would he's screaming in my ear right now. He would say orange. Because I used to bring cuties to work all the time. He used to get pissed off. Cuties? I love cuties. What? My, my I, kids yeah, get cuties every day in their lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. So, it was like, oh, when you, when you peel that, the orange, citrus, and oil stay in your hands all day, and it gets on the glass. No fucking shit. We had a maintenance <laughs> man that came in with oil on his hand one day. And I was like, why does it smell like oil in here? And we got remember he came in and just had fun and just picked up a glass one day. So mm. when it comes to you have to be really strict. When I was working full time, I would eat boiled egg and an orange that I sliced the day before. Mm. Um, or I would get a coworker to peel it for me. And for lunch, I would just eat like blueberries or yogurt or nothing. You couldn't. So if we decided to go have lunch with everybody, we had to do all our sensory beforehand to make sure when we got back, we weren't, you know, misjudging anything. So that's why I think, like, just everybody's palate is different. Um, And unless you have literally, and I I don't mean this in the meanest of ways, I I did a training once and somebody was like, so you're telling me that just because you and one other person smell something that it could be rejected the whole line. I was like, yeah, because we... We live our lifestyle to be able to do this. There are, you know, restrictions on perfume and lotions and hairsprays. You know, you really live a life to be super tactical about what you're doing. So, um, yeah, yeah, if you don't. So, you know, I don't want to gloss over that stunt that she dropped on us. (laughs) She had somebody peel her egg before she ate it. No, and 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 the orange. And the orange. So she just comes in to eat. Yeah. Here to eat. Your kids have to peel their own cuties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids have to peel their own cuties. <laughs> and this mother comes in and just eat. <laughs> That's dope. A very nice co worker that I would provide coffee creamer for, and they would. Oh, really so, <laughs> so they did get paid something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got you some creamer. Here you go. Hey, peasant, pull back, pull back my yeah, orange. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stop no, so, that is not me at all. So what's funny is, you know, the the similarities between you and our guy Fred Minnick's palate, you know, you started in chips and I think what launched his career was chips, chips as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that mindful. That mindful yeah, his, chips. his mm-hmm. mindful train. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. right. I forgot that about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's dope. I that's that's right. I gotta look, at it. look, when you work in a chip factory and you have these different seasonings, yeah. They are strong. Yeah, <laughs> hey, it's gonna work your nose. <laughs> wow! You smelling cool. every bit of that pepperoncini, that salt and vinegar, that dill pickle, that black pepper. Ooh. I'm still a Miss Vicky's kind of guy, but you know, 
Miss Vicky's. Yeah, Miss Vicky's. Miss Vicky's is pretty good. Miss Vicky's on the chain. Really? Miss Vicky's. Yeah. Do, do I know those? It's a kettle cook kind of thing. Oh, okay. But yeah, oh, off yeah. the chain. Yeah, yeah, I got, the you. I got you. I got you. I got you. We digress. We yeah, digress. We digress. But we're going to move forward a little bit. So, is Ebony, it? we we have to ask, although, although you've added a lot to the industry and you're like a pioneer so far in the blending landscape, what do you want your legacy to be going forward? Oh, um... Many things, many things. I want, um, when I leave this industry, to be able to really bring it together from an organic point of view, Um, not a targeted inclusion and diversity. And I hope, I've noticed, and I'll say in my small network of bourbon creatives, and when I say bourbon creatives, I mean bourbon Blenders or distillers, um, the industry is moving in a direction where we're moving away. And I want everybody, the blenders, distillers, to really be given the credit for the work they're doing. I think that's what I want my legacy to be. You know, mm. I left my job because I didn't feel like I was being valued. And I think... Um, they so easily take us scientists who are truly introverts at heart right. and put us on this marketing pedestal and platform mm-hmm. and don't appreciate us for it. Mm. So mm. I, I would really like the industry to be more open to how we talk about our makers of the bourbon. I want to really challenge people to be able to get down. Cause like with the people I would talk to at the warehouse, I mean, at the facility, you'll see me talking to the warehouse guys. I care nothing about parading around the office. I wanted to talk to the people who I felt most connected to. And those are the true makers of the whiskey. So, um, I want to bring more of those stories to life, honestly, because those are the people that are really making it happen. Like that's that. awesome. That's real bars. Dope. That's real dope. Bars. <laughs> Those are bars. Bars. So I, I know you don't want to share what you're working on right now, but promise us you'll come back and let us know when things move forward for you. You'll, yeah, you'll drop it here first. We, we, we get, uh, we yeah, get we the exclusive. Are, we are eagerly waiting for you to come out. Facts. I don't. I don't know what it's gonna be. That's the thing. Is mm. like I'm working on We're so patient. many things right now. Um, yeah, we need you back. Yeah, we are mad patient. Yeah, we and need the, you and back. The thing we is need like, you back. I'm, Look, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm on his timeline, not mine. Oh. So, yeah, well, the fact that I'm know, sitting here in this room, I'm the same way. <laughs> yes, sir. It's facts. The power greater than us. <laughs> power greater than us. I don't know, I don't know if I've ever said that on this podcast. No, nah, that's the first I've heard of it. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you just make that up. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right, Ebony. You're right. So as much as I would love to be like, yeah, I'm doing this, I, I believe in speaking on things when he tells me to, you know? Um, so, yeah. That's nope. awesome. So if you want people to follow you on your social, go ahead and drop your joint. Should I drop it? Yeah, you can drop it. It's Major in Whiskey. Okay. Super simple. At Major in Whiskey. Yeah. Right, that's right. I, lo- I love that. I love my last name, and it's, it's important, and I want to use it to do greater and bigger things. It's not just about my, my last name or whatever I, I use my last name for. It's not just about me as Ebony Major. It's about using Major to be greater and be better for tomorrow. That's really... I'm, I'm a true Aquarian. I'm like humanitarian. How do we be the rebel? How do we be better? That's probably what got me in the situation now. Um, I'm always on the side of change and inclusiveness. That's dope. Awesome, awesome man. Yep. Well, thanks for coming through the podcast. You know yeah. We, and I'm so glad we got to you know, get you back on yeah, here, man. Finally, really, you know, yeah, finally. That was a dope interview. Through man. all the technical difficulties. Yes, sir. And, <laughs> and the internet shenanigans. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah, thank it's you awesome. for coming back. Yeah, thanks for coming back through. So, on the Black and Brown Podcast, I'm your man, A. Colbert. The plug with W.H. Stevens and yes, the sir. People's Choice. Delvin Rap us when you're ready. Yo, stay black and keep it brown. And keep it major. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you guys gotta stay on. You guys gotta stay on. Absolutely. Yeah, Thank yeah, you for having me. Thank right. you. No doubt.